Good morning. I feel like the average age of our church just went down drastically today. A few weeks ago, actually last week, I took my teenage daughter to the Department of Motor Vehicles. She already had a permit for six months, and she was scheduled at 8.20 in the morning to take her driver's license test. When we arrived there and parked the car, a lady came and told us, Sir, you can't park there. It's not like we parked in the lane where the, the instructors come in and we, we, we take the test. I was like, okay. Man, people at DMV are so mean. <laughs> You're like, are you saying everyone at DMV are mean? No, 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 no. It was just that one lady. Anyway, we check in at 8.05, right on time. But guess what? You know how things are at DMV, right? How many of you guys have driver's license? None of you? Okay. <laughs> three? Three? Good. All right. They all work in slow motion, right, at DMV? They do. Every single one of them. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's just like the, the, the movie clip from Zootopia. You know what I mean? I mean, it took four we had to do a simple correction. They misspelled Celeste's name. They spelled it without an E after C, so they spelled her name Clest. So we had to correct the spelling, but it took us one and a half hour. No joke. It was almost like C. You know, the whole thing was like forever, seriously. We got there at 8 o'clock, but we were able to go out to take the test after like one and a half hour. It wasted the entire morning. Finally, we went out and brought the car over, waiting for the instructor to show up. Looking very nervous, my daughter said to me, Dad, I really hope it's not that mean lady who told us to we park. And then she said that you're most likely to pass if the instructor is a man. Not my words. She said that. Okay? <laughs> Apparently, everyone knows this. Right? It's like a, it's called the statistics. <laughs> All right? Anyway, after waiting for like another 20 minutes, guess which instructor shows up? Which one? How do you know? Were you there? <laughs> yes, of course, the, the mean lady who, who yelled at us. She came to us, yelled again, turn off the engine, sir. And then she left because here's the thing. We're all lined up, but there's one more car in front of us. What does that mean? That lady went to the car in front of us. So my daughter and I were like high-fiving. Yeah! We're not going to get her. And then we see 
another car pull over and a male instructor shows up. High-fiving again, yeah, you're going to pass, you're going to pass. <laughs> Then you're not going to believe what happened next. The lady was looking at the car in front of us, and then she was checking the brake lights, and then she said something to the driver, and then like only one of the car brake lights was working, and she sent that car home. She turned around and walked to our car. We're like, no! (laughs) I was waiting for them to come back. At this point, I'm just praying, right? It's like, Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Let let Jesus be present in the heart of that lady. I was sweating. My my heartbeat went up. My my blood pressure went up. Anyway, my daughter returned after about 10 minutes. She passed. Good for her, right? Good for her, but not good for all of us who live in Loma Linda. (laughs) Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath with all these beautiful people. Now, Lord, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome Loma Linda Academy Wind Symphony. Let's give them a hand, everyone. All of you, very talented young people, welcome all the teachers and also uh, parents too. We welcome you at our church. Uh, We have a potluck and we prepare to feed all of you. So please, please uh, stay and eat with us, okay? Our church is in a series. This fall, our church revised our church mission and vision statements. Our revised mission statement is Follow Jesus, love like Jesus. Follow Jesus, love like Jesus. We even have a really cute hashtag. Okay? Can you? Did I say cute? No, cool. We have a really cool hashtag. Do you see that? Hashtag? Yeah. So, yes, that, that's follow Jesus, love like Jesus. Uh, so this month in LKC, uh, it's all about mission and vision. And today is uh, part two of the four-part series on mission and vision. Mission statement expresses who we are and what we are about. Vision statement expresses how we're going to get there as a church. Follow Jesus, love like Jesus is who we are and what we are about. Initially, when our church strategic committee was revisiting the mission and vision statement, we, we wanted to make it really simple And nice, right? So just follow Jesus and and be done. But that's who we are. We're all followers of Jesus, right? But we wanted everyone in our church to know what it means to follow Jesus. So if you follow Jesus, what does your life look like? What does your life look like as a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Like, what is your life all about when you follow Jesus? 
We thought this was incredibly important, so we made sure that this was expressed in our mission statement. I don't know if you noticed or not, if you look at our church lobby, we actually put this this week. Do you see it? The map, the world map, and our mission statement. Follow Jesus, love like Jesus. You can see that. So we want everyone, as you go out of the church, we want everyone to just think about what our mission statement is, like what, who we are and what we are about. And we're going to explain the map later in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jesus repeatedly told his disciples that he was going to die. Okay? One day, all of the disciples gathered up. He washed their feet, and they shared the meal together. At the feast, Jesus told his followers to pay attention, okay, and said this. Guys, listen. I'm here now, but I'm going to be gone soon. So this is like really important, so pay attention. Then Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I give you a new command. Okay? Love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my follower. Can it be more clear Then this, John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, just clearly state our mission statement. This is what our church is. This is what our church is and what we're all about. This is who we are and what we are all about. So then now, if we follow Jesus, our lives should be different from others, right? Right? For the followers of Jesus, we need to love like Jesus. Love like Jesus, Jesus should be the driving force in our lives. Love like Jesus should be the driving force in our church. Jesus said, by loving like I loved, everyone will know that you are my follower. And Pastor Rick Warren said this. The single most important lesson that you have to learn in life is this. How to love like Jesus. How to love like Jesus. Learning to love like Jesus. The whole reason why God put you on this planet is not for you to make money, uh, not to retire well, not to just have a lot of fun and die. God put you on this planet to learn how to love like Jesus. That's our purpose. That is our mission. If you don't do that, You've missed the point of life. Loving is natural. It comes easy. Here's what I mean. When my daughter Celeste was taking the driver's test, why was I so stressed? 
know what I mean? Like, what, why did my heart rate go up? I didn't take the test. Why was I nervous? It's because she's my daughter and I love her. I don't want my daughter to fail. Anyone here, you took your kids to DMV, you're like, oh, I hope she fails. <laughs> Anyone like that here? You need to go see a counselor if you do. <laughs> if she was not my daughter, um, I don't know if I'd, I'd love her that much. <laughs> I mean, I probably wouldn't care as much whether she passed or failed. I wouldn't get nervous for her. And I probably wouldn't take her to DMV, okay? Maybe if they pay me. It's natural and easy to love my own blood. All of you Loma Linda Wind Symphony students, um, you should most definitely know that your parents love you very much, okay? I mean, they take you to music lessons, Right? They drive you all the time. They pay for your lessons. They pay for your instruments that you don't even take good care of. I mean, come on, right? Huh? Do you know how annoying that is? <laughs> do, you realize, do you realize every parent, they, 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 they feel like this. It's like, OMG, I, I rather practice. Because it's way easier for me to practice than make you guys practice. Don't you agree? Two people? Yeah, right? Come on. It's hard being a parent. It's hard, but they do it because they love you. Loving my own child is easy and natural. Falling in love is easy and natural too. When you see someone beautiful, uh, when you see someone talented, when you see someone athletic, when you see someone super smart, when you see someone with a great smile, when you see someone really, really kind, falling in love is easy. It's natural for us to love people who are lovely. But today... We're talking about different kind of love. We're talking about love that may not be easy and will feel unnatural. We're talking about loving like Jesus. We may find it difficult. We might find it unnatural. The best way to learn to love like Jesus is to look at the cross of Jesus. There are a few things which occurred at cross. We can learn about this love. First, of course, uh, first of course is uh, sacrifice. The gruesome death Jesus had to go through was not to pay for his own sins. He gave his life as an offering for the good of others. This is why the love Jesus has shown is called agape or agapao love. It refers to the sacrificial love. Jesus said, it is finished on the cross. This means by his death, 
He would be the ultimate sacrifice for all. 1 Peter chapter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once and for all, a good man on behalf of sinners, in order to lead you to God. When we love like Jesus, there will be a sacrifice to make. It's going to cost us something. It's going, it's going to cost us something. Second thing we should learn from the cross is Love requires forgiveness. On the cross, in pain and agony, Jesus prayed that his killers would be forgiven. They nailed him on the cross. They put thorny crown on his head. They stole his clothes, mocked, and spat on him. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Love requires forgiveness. Think about how many times you've forgiven your children, your friends, your parents. Yes, sometimes the parents mess up too and we need to forgive them. Simply the people you love and care need to be forgiven again and again, whether it was unintentional or even intentional. In order for us to keep the love or keep the relationship, we need to forgive. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 literally says, Love love prospers when a fault is forgiven. So forgive, forgive, forgive. Now, there's one more. One more incident which occurred at the cross and this actually amazes me. You ready for this? Look at this. John chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. John chapter 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. I'm looking at this. I'm like, how many Marys are there? It's like, I bet the sister of... Mary was probably like Maria. So it's like four Marys there. It's ridiculous, right? Everyone's married there. Uh, it's, like, it's like our church. You know how many Daves and Jonathans and Richards and Ericas and Eunices we have at our church? It's ridiculous. Like half of the church are Richards and Daves and Jonathans. And don't get me started with the last names. <laughs> Kim's Parks, Lee's cover the whole church. Verse 26, Jesus, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. The disciple whom he loved is actually John, and calling your mom woman was a loving and a respectful manner. But don't ever call your mom woman, okay? And now, here we go, verse 27. And to the disciple, John, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his house. Jesus said, John, this is your mom. Mom, now this is your son. 
What do you think about this? Oh, this can mean so many things, right? Um, I mean, where do I even begin? Jesus, who loved his mother, wanted to make sure his mom is taken care of. Mary, the mother of Jesus, went through so much pain and, and trauma because of Jesus. Jesus told John to take care of his mom physically, emotionally, and financially. It's about loving your family, uh, honoring your parents, loving the needy, taking care of the widows, respecting elderly. Let's get all of these things together. And Jesus here announces, announces now that you too are family. That we, all of us, are family in Christ. We are family under one heavenly Father. My friends, as followers of Jesus, we have Jesus' command to take care of each other and take care of this broken world. We love it and we love them as Jesus loved it and loved them. We are family. Our church is our spiritual family. Honor each other like you would for your parents. Love each other like you would for your own children. Love like Jesus has shown to us. Do you know who this is? Who is that? Everyone knows Mr. Rogers. Right, Mr. Rogers. You know, he was a pastor. He was a pastor. Then later he began to produce uh, children's programs. He was like a children's ministry pastor, pretty much. Uh, there's this clip in his document, uh, uh, documentary, and it's very, it's, this is an iconic moment, and this is an iconic picture that I want to show you. Um, what Mr. Rogers was doing here is he invites this cop, well, he was pretending to be Cobb in his show, and they um, are kind of cooling their feet together. And this was so important at the time. The reason why this iconic moment is because during that time, still in America, people used to think that you cannot be in the same water with the people of different color, different skin color. So they would have these um, um, Asian nights or whatever people with the color uh, at the pool, in the public pool, and they would let him come, and after that, drain the whole pool water and put new water in there so other people can go swim the next day. That was America. Mr. Rogers did this to show people that all of us, regardless of our ethnicity or skin color, we are God's family. Mr. Rogers did this to teach children that all of us are brothers and sisters equally made in God's image. You know, I cried during that moment in the documentary. It's like, I I, I don't really get emotional. Okay? But man, in that clip, I'm like, I mean, how could you not cry if if you have a heart, right? 
He was a man who showed love. He had one mission, to teach children to love. Mr. Rogers definitely lived the mission of love like Jesus. Right before Jesus gave us the new command in John chapter 13, to to love one another as, as I have shown you, he did something for the disciples. The Bible says he He loved his followers, disciples. Jesus knew his time was close. This is what Jesus did. He got up from the meal. He he took his jacket off um, and and, and, um, brought clean water in the basin. And he got down. And he began to wash the feet of his followers. One by one. And the And the followers, the disciples are like, Jesus, what are you doing? And Jesus told them, you don't realize this now, but later you are going to understand this. And then some of them are like, Jesus, um, don't do that. We have other people who, who, who do this kind of thing. But then Jesus said, You see, I did this as an example for you to follow. Now go wash other people's feet. My friends, we don't have other people who do that kind of thing, okay? Jesus tells all of us, to go wash the feet of others. Love, like Jesus, is not just our church mission statement. It is a calling of Jesus to each and every one of us. During my trip to Europe, I just came back two weeks ago from a Europe trip from our conference. All of us went to Uh, Reformation tour. Uh, and there was a very interesting thing that happened. My roommate, so there are about everyone, all the pastors brought their spouses. Um, I was like one of the four pastors who didn't bring a spouse, so I had to share a room with another pastor. Um, and my roommate, a pastor of a church in this area, I'm not gonna you know, expose him or anything. Um, one night he felt super dizzy. Uh, he, he had a vertigo, and, and it's probably uh, from all the traveling we did. But he was really scared. I got kind of scared, too. So we, we called some nurses, and, and we had a lot of nurses to go around. You know what I mean? Like every pastor is married to a nurse. So anyway, one of, the nurse, uh, one of the nurse and pastor couples who showed up to help him uh, was Pastor Jonathan and Ashley. Are they here? Pastor Jonathan is our executive secretary, and um, Ashley is always here. Anyway, uh, that's actually Sydney Park. You guys know Sydney Park? Sydney Park's parents. Anyway, um, so Sydney Park's mom, Ashley, is a nurse. So she was like, oh, I think you have vertigo. And she started um, uh, massaging the pastor's hands uh, for, like, better blood flow. And then she told her husband 
the executive secretary of our church conference, she said, hey, massage his feet. Okay? And, <laughs> and I kid you not, I kid you not, Pastor Park and I kind of looked at the feet like at the same time, like in slow motion, we're like, and we looked at his feet. Then I saw Pastor Park's face, and he did not have his poker face. Because he was looking at the feet like with horror. <laughs> I was thinking, like, oh, okay, when I say OMG, it means, oh my goodness, okay? I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad she didn't ask me to massage those feet. And his feet reminded me of like, like an animal, you know, like an animal paws. Like, not, not, to, not to like make fun of his feet or anything, but like, come on. I mean, if they're not baby feet, they're all horrifying, okay? <laughs> come on. Next morning at breakfast, I told Ashley, I can't believe you told your husband to massage his feet. And then she said, why? Jesus washed the feet of his followers. That, my friends, is loving like Jesus. I was actually quite disturbed this week. I was preparing this message and I was writing this sermon and I was like, man, I fail at this. I fail at this. How can I preach about love like Jesus, loving like Jesus, when I fail at it every day? No problem telling everyone to follow Jesus, which was last weekend. I want to follow Jesus. And you probably want to follow Jesus too, right? But now, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? We actually have to love people. Not the ones that we love very easily and naturally. How am I going to love like Jesus? So this is what I realized this week. Okay? I'm almost done, guys. Okay? Almost done. <laughs> this is what I realized this week. And if you forget everything I talked about today, that's fine. But please remember this. Loving like, loving like Jesus. Love like Jesus. You can only do this by the power of God. You can say amen. Okay. This mission statement, love like Jesus, is humanly impossible. Humanly impossible. You cannot generate that kind of love on your own. You don't, you don't have it in you. I don't have it in me. It's humanly impossible. 
You can only do this through him who strengthens us. You can only love like Jesus by the power of Jesus. Love is not something you say or you feel. It's something you do. Love is an action word. Love is an action. That's why I like agapao more than agape. You know why? Because agape is a, is a noun and, and agapao is a verb. When you meet like somebody that you feel like, oh, it's difficult to love that person, you know, the person that you work with, or sometimes when the kids like, they act like, like really spoiled, like, oh, you're like, God, agapao me. You know what I mean? You can't do it. Only through the power of of God. Though it is difficult and unnatural for sinners like myself, we can do it by His power. Only the life which surrenders to Jesus, the life that is fixed on Jesus, and life with the fully open hands in generosity, can experience this kind of power. His love needs to overpower us. In full submission to God, we can only love like Jesus. It's impossible for us, but all things are possible in God. Look what happened to all of the The followers of Jesus, they experience the power of God. Look at someone like Mr. Rogers. Look at someone like our friends who truly show love that Jesus has shown. Now it's our turn to experience this power. Jesus was our example. And now we go us, we go and love like Jesus, Agapao. By this, the world, they will know that we are followers of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all these people. Lord, we want to experience your power. So, Lord, in our lives, I pray that you empower us so that we can love like you. In Jesus' name, amen.